warm greetings to all of you who are hearing this podcast so in this podcast i'm going to share the three w's of the gospel of jesus christ the who what and why the three w's so to start with when it comes to the gospel of jesus christ one will have a question who is jesus on the first place and all my answers are going to be based on the gospels from the bible the gospels just to you know begin and give an introduction the gospels are not mythical stories they are not myths uh they are not trying to proclaim another uh, religious myth that can be carried over centuries no instead the gospels are historical accounts and uh, they are actually eyewitness accounts and testimonies of people and so whatever that i'm going to share with you today is an eyewitness account in fact eyewitness accounts there are many eyewitnesses and testimonies okay so let's go to one of the gospels in the bible the book of luke now luke presents jesus in this way okay when jesus was born as a baby uh the book of luke records this way there were a group of shepherds grazing their fields they were watching over their flocks at night and an angel of the lord appeared to those to these shepherds and announced the birth of jesus this way today in the town of david a savior has been born to you he is christ the lord luke chapter 2 verse 11 today in the town of david a savior has been born to you so luke presents jesus as the savior to those shepherds now when luke wrote the gospel some bible scholars will say that uh, luke had the poor and the oppressed in mind when he wrote the gospel he knew the poor and the oppressed would read the gospel of luke and uh, and so he had those people in mind while writing the gospel and where where do these scholars take this luke presents the ministry of jesus in luke chapter 4 this way in luke chapter 4 and verse 18 when jesus enters into ministry he himself says the spirit of the lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery for of sight for the blind to release the oppressed to proclaim the year of the lord's favor so luke is presenting jesus ministry as a ministry to the poor to the prisoners to the oppressed to the people who are sick and depressed that is how luke is presenting the ministry of jesus at least through this particular section that i've read in luke now if i give you a little bit of history concerning israel at the time uh, when jesus was there and luke is capturing these uh, events uh, you will un- appreciate this statement a little better remember that israel 
was a nation in the old testament israel was a great nation they boasted the presence of god they boasted some of the mighty acts of god and uh, they were a great nation in the eyes of all other nations in the ancient near east they were successful in military conquests they were successful when it comes to uh, the treasury they were prosperous and so on and so forth and one of the greatest rulers of israel was david and the davidic line continued for a very long time but we also know from the history of the old testament that there was a time when israel was crushed by foreign powers and their people were taken as slaves to a foreign nations and uh, when such a thing happened the poorest of the poorest were left in the land so whenever say nations like assyria or babylon conquered uh, israel the poorest of the poor were left in the land the weakest of the weak and the rest were deported into their nations and there they were living under the rule of the foreign nations and so israel once a great nation who had its own rule who had its own freedom who was blessed blessed and prosperous became a nation of ridicule all nations around israel ridiculed them saying hey you who are once great and prosperous now you are nothing now you are reduced to nothing now you are slaves in a foreign land and that was the situation of israel till the time of jesus of course history does say that during the persian rule the, some of the israelites were allowed to go back to the land of jerusalem and uh, even they were allowed to build rebuild their temple which was demolished during the war but let me tell you israel never saw its age old golden days israel was never raised to the previous heights and they never had a king or a leader hence there was poverty in the land there was oppression in the land the lower segment of the people obviously didn't have a leader to make sure justice ruled in the land so wherever you see the nation of israel it was oppression there was lot of injustice there was lot of sickness this was the situation of israel when jesus was born into the world and looking at such a world looking at such a world and addressing to the shepherds luke presents jesus as a one who has come as a savior to them that is why luke writes this way luke 2:11 today in the town of david a savior has been born to you basically he is telling the shepherds who are also part of the oppressed section that today a savior has been born to you because what happened after israel was defeated and after israel was you know went into a uh, went into slavery and so on they were looking for the rise of the davidic kingdom once again and there were many prophetic messages which said uh, messiah or christ would come from the davidic line and he would be the one who will save israel from bondage the angel was basically telling the shepherds that prophetic word that you had heard before long long ago has come to pass today today 
a savior has been born to you. So Luke presents Jesus as a savior. So to answer the question, who is Jesus? How does the gospel present Jesus? Who is Jesus? Jesus was is presented as a savior. Jesus is presented as a savior. Now the next question is, okay, if Jesus is presented as a savior, then what did Jesus come to save people from? And the immediate answer, of course, from the history that I said, was nothing but, uh, of course, Jesus would have come to save people from the from bondage to foreign nations. That's one. And then we do see in Luke chapter 4, where obviously, you know, uh, Jesus is captured as someone who will save people from oppression, depression and sickness and so on. Now, that is one side of the story and that is well captured by Luke. But there was another root cause or another, uh, you know, a root problem that had to be resolved. Now, that answer or that perspective is captured by another gospel writer called Matthew. Now, Matthew, in his gospel, he presents Jesus this way. That will answer why Jesus came. I mean, we said, who is Jesus? And he said, Jesus is a savior. Now, the next question is, what did he come to save us from? And that is found in Matthew chapter 1. And verse 21, where again an angel appears to Joseph, and uh, who is the father of Jesus. And he says to Joseph, your wife, that is she, will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus. Who is Jesus? He is a savior. What is he going to save people from? From their sins. Let me give you a small a historical background to this as well. I said that the nation, once great nation of Israel, who were very prosperous, fell to foreign nations and their lands were destroyed and people were taken as slaves. Now the reason for these things to happen as the Bible presents is because of the backslide of the nation of Israel into sin. God, the creator of humankind, called Israel as a nation out amidst all the nations of the world and gave his law to Israel so that they could live a holy life and show the characteristics of God to the whole world. But because of the sin and sinful nature, unfortunately, because of their disobedience, they allowed themselves to go into exile into a foreign land. Sin was the reason why they had to face the war and the defeat in the war. That is how the Bible presents. And so, Matthew, writing to the Jews, is trying to say that, hey, you have been trying to live holy lives all through your life, but time and again, you have always fell to sin and your sinful nature. But now, a Savior has been born to you, and He is going to save you from your sins. So that once Jesus saves people from their sins, then there is a provision for God to restore them back to the golden days of the primitive era. Okay? 
and so matthew presents jesus as uh, as someone who came to save people from their sins so we answered the question who is jesus jesus is the savior and what did he come to save people from he came to save people from sins all right but how does all this matter to you and me today because you and i are living several centuries after the birth death and resurrection of jesus you and i are living several kilometers away from the nation of israel so what does this historical account presented in the gospels which is found in the bible anything to do with you and me and i'll tell you the common theme that is connecting us to this history is nothing but sin and sinful nature if you look at the gospels very closely and later the book of, book of acts which talks about the growth of the church you will realize while god allowed jesus to be born in the jewish tradition and while god was showing through the nation of israel many things about salvation this salvation that is expressed through or that is presented through the nation of israel ultimately is for the whole world that is why even in the gospels we see jesus ministering to people outside of the nation of israel and we see jesus telling in many places that the kingdom of god is not just for israel but it will begin there but the kingdom of god is for the whole world and uh, before before leaving this world the mandate given in matthew towards the end of the gospel the mandate that jesus gave his disciples is not go into israel and tell everyone no he says go into all the world and tell the people i could even read that verse matthew chapter 28 and verse 19 therefore go and make disciples of all nations not just israel so this salvation this uh, being saved from sin and sinful nature is a gift that god wants all nations to enjoy that is why the story the historical account of the birth death and resurrection of jesus christ becomes relevant to you and me who are living centuries away who are living so many kilometers away from israel all right a little bit about uh, so so we we saw who is jesus he is Uh, a savior and what did he come to save people from he came to save save people from their sins and how is this relevant to me i have explained that how it is relevant to you and me i have explained that now a little bit more about sin and sinful nature now when we think about sin uh, we uh, there are different people who have different perceptions about sin you know some will say i am not a great sinner i have done only small small sins in life some will say i have done grave sins in my life some will say you know i have done this and that or some will say that person is a very holy person he is a saint he has never sinned but remember when the bible talks about sin it doesn't talk about uh, the sinful acts while it does cover that the bible talks about sinful nature 
that is there within humanity. Humanity is born with a sinful nature which is by default in rebellion to God. That is why sometimes we observe that we are so alienated from God and His presence. If you look at the Bible in the initial stages, in the uh, narrative, create, creation narrative, you will find that God created everything good. He even created humans perfectly. And uh, the Bible says everything was perfect. There was no sin, there was no death, there was no sickness, there was no curse, nothing. God never intended all of this for the world or for the humankind. But the same Bible also records the fact that due to man's disobedience, sin and sin entered into the world and thereby sinful nature became a part of humanity. Therefore, everybody born through flesh is born of a sinful nature. See, if you look at uh, the, the creation narratives in the beginning of the Bible, it will talk as though God was simply walking with man. God was not a distant personality. He was not alienated from humankind. His presence was very tangible and he was walking with man. But the moment man disobeyed God and fell into sin and when the sinful nature came upon him, man was cast away from the presence of God. He was alienated from God because a holy God cannot be present with a sinful man or a man with a sinful nature. But So therefore, therefore, man who was originally created in the image of God and whom and to whom God gave his presence, a very tangible presence and relationship was cast away from the presence of God because of the sinful nature. And that is why Today in this world, the effects of all the sinful nature is the curse, the death, the sickness and so on and so forth. All kinds of chaos that we see into this world, all that are effects of sin. And so, everybody needs to be saved from the sinful nature of ours. And that is why Jesus have to save us from sins. Okay, now the next question is, how does Jesus save us from sins? Very simple, for sin, for sinful nature to be dealt with, there has to be a blood atonement. And that can happen only by the sacrifice of a sinless creature. And the only sinless creature is God himself. So he came down in flesh in the form of Jesus. That is why in the Gospel of John, it will say that the Word was with God and the Word was God and finally He came as flesh and dwelt with mankind. It refers to Jesus. So this Jesus was sinless, he was born in a very divine way. He was not born out of flesh. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, says the Gospels. And so His divine birth, a sinless birth, and his sinless life enabled him to qualify as a perfect atoning sacrifice for the sin of humankind. And that is why Jesus went to the cross, died on the cross as an atoning sacrifice, not for his sin, but 
for our sins. But as we all know, only sinful people are subject to death. Sinless, a sinless creature, death, death has no mastery over a sinless creature. And so, because Jesus was sinless, death could not hold him. He rose from the grave. Again, the resurrection of Jesus is not eyewitness account of just one person. It is the eyewitness account of several, several, several people. And their eyewitnesses are recorded in the Bible. And Jesus rose from the dead, defeating sin and death once for all. Now we looked at who is Jesus. He is the Savior. What did He save us from? He saved us from sin. And uh, the question is, why did Jesus have to save us from sin? Why should Jesus save us from sin? And here's the answer. Like I told before, with the sin, in, the man was created originally and the presence of God was with him. But because of the sinful nature, God cast him away from his presence. But once Jesus came into this world and died as an atoning sacrifice for the sins of mankind, the presence of God is once again available for everyone who accepts this gift freely. Because the first thing that you see after Jesus resurrecting from the dead and going back and uh, you know being seated at the right hand of the Father, the first thing that Jesus did was to pour out the presence of God. If you would turn to the book of Acts chapter 1 or chapter 2 and, uh, and verse uh, 33, Here's how the Bible records. Exalted to the right hand of God, that is Jesus, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, that is nothing but the presence of God, the Spirit of God, and has poured out what you now see and hear. And we see in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. That is, all of them were filled with the presence of God. All those who who accepted this free gift of salvation from Jesus, all of them who recognized their sin and sinful nature and called out to Jesus as their Savior, for all of them, the presence of God was restored back into their lives. Remember, when the Bible says all of them were filled with the presence of God in the book of Acts, it's a very, very, very tangible experience because this experience was also evidenced by a lot of manifestations and miracles. It's all recorded in the Bible. And so, this presence of God is not some kind of, you know, uh, superficial faith. But this presence of God is a very, very, very tangible experience that those who receive the gift of salvation enjoy. And this is not only something that happened 2000 years before in the book of Acts. Today, if you go to genuine believers, if you go to genuine people who have accepted the gift of salvation, if you go and ask them, all of them will testify to you that they are enjoying the tangible presence of God in their life. It's not just a superficial faith. It's an amazing and a wonderful experience and I can testify. I myself, there was a time when I was so filled with the presence of God 
and even today i'm continuously enjoying that experience in my life and that is amazing because you get a foretaste of a life that god originally had in store for you and then not only that not only that where does this presence lead to does this mean that when you have a divine presence you won't have difficulties in life no because your body is still having the sinful nature and that has to perish so you will still be subject to the the principalities of all the ill effects of sin there will still be a physical death you'll have to face there could still be sickness and pain that you have to face in life but the good news is it is better to face all these things with the presence of the supernatural god because with god all things are possible and with god with the presence of god you can easily face death you could face sickness you could face anything and the important thing is that a person who is cleansed by the blood of jesus and has the presence of god in him only his physical body goes to the grave his spirit is safe and like how jesus resurrected from the dead you and i would also be resurrected in glory and in the coming kingdom of the lord jesus we will rule and reign with him we will be placed in a world that is absolutely perfect free from sin free from death free from curse free from sickness and we will be able to live a perfect life that god originally intended for us to live in his presence now that is an eternal promise that still awaits those who receive this gift of salvation so let's summarize this three w's of the gospel who is jesus what did he come to do and why did he do what did he what he did Je- who is jesus he is your savior and my savior he is the one who can save you he is the one who can save me what is he going to save us from he is going to save us from our sins and the ill effects of sins why is he doing all this he is doing all this so that you and i can once again enjoy the presence of god in our lives and we can also enjoy and embrace the eternal promise of god in our lives dearly beloved this is the gospel of the lord jesus christ and this is why many of us who have embraced this gift celebrate christmas and of course easter for this is nothing to do with religion as long as you love the gospel as long as you love the presence of god i would invite you all to welcome and accept this beautiful gift of salvation into your life so that you can enjoy the presence of god in your life and also enjoy the eternal promise of god eternal promise of a life in abundance from god if you can enjoy that i will invite you to receive this gift of salvation so merry christmas to all of you i hope this year has been a blessing to many of you and i continue to pray for all of you and happy new year uh, wish you all the best for the coming year thank you